Hello, I am Yogini Sunita and this is Meditation, Yoga and Stuff podcast. I believe my dharma or my life's purpose is to share my understanding of meditation, yoga and Ayurveda, holistic healing science of India. I make these amazing wisdoms accessible and adaptable for present times. So let's start. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today our guest is Shannon Crow. Shannon, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited uh, to be here. And uh, so my name is Shannon Crow. I live in Canada. I'm about three hours north of Toronto. It's very wintry here there. I'm jealous of your Australian warmth of summer <laughs> and we are I, boiling <laughs> yeah i i sort of wear two hats so i host the connected yoga teacher podcast because i know how how much of a struggle it can be to leave yoga teacher training and then just kind of feel like you're out in the wilderness so i i've been podcasting for almost 6 years with that and then on the other side of things i have a membership called pelvic health professionals. So I started to learn about pelvic health. Oh gosh, a long time ago (laughs) and, and saw how, how helpful that was and how connected it was with yoga. And so pelvic Mm. health professionals was born out of really having a lot of questions and wanting to talk to pelvic health experts and then bring those, those talks to yoga teachers and other pelvic health professionals. Wow, amazing. I'm so happy that you're here to talk about all this. But before we start, I know that uh, you do a lot of work on uh, with the Connected Yoga Teachers. You do a lot of work helping yoga teachers to basically uh, find their niche, find their uh, footing in the yoga market, basically, we can say, you know, uh, I hate to use that word, the market, but we are in the business of yoga. And um, so how yoga teachers can, because you, this this time after pandemic and so many things have happened, um, we all like a lot of, uh, in Australia, a lot of yoga studios have basically shut down. There's a lot of happening and a lot of people are basically going back to maybe some work rather than teaching yoga. Uh, it is very heartbreaking to see that. And how can yoga teachers find uh, um, their way through all this? You know, can you please uh, talk a little bit about the work you do and how? what are your suggestions? For sure. Well, first of all, I, I want to say that coming out of yoga teacher training, we that was almost 20 years ago. So I wasn't, there wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> there was yeah. no online teaching, but I, yeah. I did really struggle um, with marketing my yoga, with mm-hmm. uh, thinking of it as a business, which is kind of weird because I have been an entrepreneur for a really long time. Like I used to run a farmer's market. I, mm-hmm. I was a farmer. I grew vegetables and sold vegetables and I never questioned marketing any of that. But once Mm. it came to yoga, it was a little more uncomfortable and it still feels different, I think, because it's such a personal 
spiritual practice. Mm. And so I think sometimes we, like you said, I hate to use the word market. What helps me in that is focusing on how can I help people? How can I share? And how can I just invite people if it feels like a good fit? So it's more so, um, you know, if, if you, if you, if a friend came up to you and said, I'm so stressed out, like I can't seem to like, just catch a moment to myself or like, take care of myself. I'm yoga really has the tools to help that friend. Mm. And so it, it's like, we're inviting people. Maybe they're not our friends. Maybe they're not our family. Cause sometimes we want to tell yeah. everyone and, and they don't want to <laughs> do it. And the other thing I learned, so when I came out of yoga teacher training, I was just thinking, I'll, I'll teach to everyone. Like I'll teach to toddlers and baby and me and prenatal and vinyasa flow and restorative and I'll manage yoga studios. And quite frankly, what I did is I taught 16 classes a week, was managing Mm. one yoga studio, at least, if not two throughout that. And just hit burnout because I also have three children. Mm. And so I realized very quickly this isn't sustainable. I can't drive around all of these classes and teach, Mm -hmm. you know, planning out all of these different styles of yoga also didn't feel good. So Mm. slowly, and it took time, Mm. slowly I would take away like, okay, what class is not feeling like a good fit? It was probably hot vinyasa flow. <laughs> it was like, Boop, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I need to teach that anymore. I don't want, I don't feel connected to it mm. anymore. And there were some that were really hard to let go. Like I love teaching prenatal and baby and me yoga. Um, and I, those ones were harder, but I knew the more I focused in and niche down and specialized and talked about what I was excited about, the more students I would see coming to class, the easier it was. Um, my classes were fuller than ever. Like my classes went from like one student, you know, in, in 16 mm-hmm. different classes or a few students in, in all of these classes to being like 18 students showing up to this mm-hmm. one class that I taught per week. And that, I don't, I it, it really made an impact for me as a yoga teacher. Like it felt like, it felt like, wow, why didn't, why didn't I learn this in yoga teacher training? Like to really specialize Mm. and find what, what, what felt like my yoga to share out in the world. Hmm. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't think a lot of yoga teachers learn about niching at all. So can you talk about like uh, niching, or like how that can impact uh, like i i know that you you talked about your experience and how can we know that what is our niche like how can we find that out is that uh, can you talk about that yeah for sure i mean i think that the best way to do it is kind of approach it like a science project type of thing or really sit with yourself and think, what do I feel most connected to? So let's say you're, let's say you're teaching like four or five classes in, in a week. We all know that feeling of like, I love to go teach this group and I love to teach this kind of yoga. And, oh, this class just isn't feeling like 
it's the right one or working with mm. this um group of people or this individual not that not that it's the person it's just the connection that you have to this like if i i'll tell you one thing that i i really did not like teaching was toddler and me yoga so mm. <laughs> it just seemed like <laughs> i already had little toddlers at home and and then i was putting myself into more of like this 45 minutes of chaos and I just thought, no, I'm not the person to do this. And someone else can mm. be that person. So mm. niche work is not easy. Mm. I I would say the first step is to feel like, what, what do I want to let go of to dig in a little bit and think, if you were to focus on one thing, usually we we have a deep sense of what we're interested in, we're curious about, Um but sometimes we think, well, that can't be my whole business, but you'd be surprised. Um, I was working with one yoga teacher who um, really got excited talking about scoliosis because she had scoliosis and she was doing a lot of mm. research and learning and and teaching other classes as well. And mm. it wasn't like... it. I didn't say to her, cancel all of your other classes. I just said to her, what if you tried this on kind of like a season where you you just saw what does it feel like for about, you know, two to three months to only talk mm. about yoga for scoliosis on on social media or in your email or on YouTube. And that was it. Like her business has taken off. Shout out to Christine because she does like yoga for scoliosis. That's she's the person that um, gets to be known as that expert as well. I think that's the other mm. piece. Mm. And then the thing that holds mm. people back is people are like, well, I, I like to do lots of things. I don't want to be painted into this box. I don't want to be stuck uh, doing this one thing, but that's generally not what happens. <laughs> we kind of, we evolve yeah. as we go. And what do you, what, what do you think your niche is? I'm curious. As I'm a saying. good question, <laughs> good <laughs> question. I have struggled with this a lot as well, because for me, yoga philosophy. I love yoga philosophy. Then uh, also Sanskrit is something. It is a language of yoga, so I I understand that quite. Uh, you know, I love that language, and also I have done. Um, lot of work in Ayurveda. So the for me, it was very interesting. I love teaching yoga. I love teaching meditation. I love teaching Ayurveda and Sanskrit. So, so what to do? So I had to literally start thinking, okay, my niche, what can I? And I started feeling, oh, I'm putting myself in box. These were my thought, you know, thought process at that time. And then I started realizing that I had to. I did the same like you. Like I was teaching eighteen classes, uh, uh, you know, in a week and uh, running around. And then in two years like that, one day I just uh, I bent forward and there was blood coming out of my nose. Oh my god! Because I'm yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is not good, you know. So I learned it hard way that my body just said no, and I had to step back and just sit down and okay, what do I need to do? So I let go of all the, the classes which were not serving me in a sense, like they were taxing my health. 
uh, I let go of the classes where I had to drive too much. And um, and and what happened that the the day I made that decision, I received the classes which I wanted more. Right. Like I received a call from that. So I had to learn, like, you know, I also, like I did corporate yoga at that time. So that was my niche, corporate yoga and meditation. And I continued working that. And then when pandemic happened, before pandemic, I was moving towards more teaching, teacher trainings. And now I am focusing on Ayurveda uh, and meditation teacher training. So that's what I offer now. And I almost, I just teach one yoga class because I have these yoga teachers um, coming to me for many, many uh, yoga students coming to me for 10, 12 years now. And so I just do it just for myself, but as well as for them. Like this is just one online class, which I do. But I had to, like, I struggled. It is difficult to find your niche, you know, in a sense, um, a lot of experimentation happens there. And I think it is good to have, like, the work you do is fantastic because you have been there, you understand the struggles, and you can help people to find their niche. So that's really amazing work you do. I'm also on the Facebook group, which you have the Connected Yoga Teacher. And the information you share is fantastic. Like, it is very, very helpful for people I really appreciate that, you know. Um, this uh, niche business has really kept me, you know, awake for some time. <laughs> and I find it, uh, <laughs> I, and the challenge was like, like I was, I'm a pitta, like what we call it in Ayurveda, the, the personality, which is a doer personality, which is like, I can do this, 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 this. And yes, there was a point I was doing and then managing family and then some, you know, the, but uh, it takes toll on you. So understanding niche is very important. I think it's very, very valuable. Um, and you're doing amazing work. <laughs> Would you well, like to share a little bit? <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I feel like, I feel like there, there's kind of a myth that then you get it figured out and then that's it. Like, I don't yeah. think that's the way it goes. I think, like, I have thought about niching down even more if, like, right now I love to teach yoga for pelvic health and, and bring hmm. the two pieces together. But I also really love to focus in on pelvic organ prolapse. So that's a whole hmm. other niche inside of pelvic health professionals. I, like, I'm... I've thought about it in my brain and I've thought about things like, do I want to let something go? At this point, I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm in a good spot with it, but I, I do think that there's a myth that entrepreneurs and yoga teachers just like get to a point where they have it all figured out and knowing, knowing people who, you know, ha look like it looks like their business is all together and then talking to them kind of behind the scenes. Nope. We're all in it. We're all like trying to figure out what should I say on social media? What should I put in that email? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> that's the other thing with niche work is once you know that's your niche, you you talk about it over and over again. Hmm. That's a great thing because people then really get to know. Like people will hmm. tag me in a Facebook post and say, oh, Shannon's the one to ask about pelvic health, you know, hmm. and you must be the hmm. same way where it's well, that's how I connected with you. Someone told me to connect with you about yoga philosophy. Yeah. So 
you get known for that, but that doesn't mean mm. that that doesn't mean that it feels like you have everything figured out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah, for me, I mean, it it took a lot of time, you know, a lot of experimentation, what works, what doesn't work. And also what I enjoy the most, like I had to sit down. Another thing I had to notice is like uh, some things which were taking too much of my time, but there was no, not enough uh, monetary income through that yes. as well, which was again, um, I had to think on so many things because I, when I, every year, beginning of the year, I sit down and kind of like take a stock, what really is working you know, and what really not working, and I had to let go of that. Do you do something like that? Like, a big, do you look into big t- ticketed item or small item, and energy draining item? Like, how do we? How do we? Like, can you give some pointers for the niching sure, down? Sure. I well, one thing that I generally do, and I have done for the last five years, and usually in November. So you and I are talking in January and I have not done this. So I don't want to say I do it every year. (laughs) Um, As I usually do this reflect and plan and it takes some Mm. time. And I, Mm. I just, I didn't get to it. I'm not putting tons of pressure on myself that it has to happen by January the 1st. But it, I think it's super important if you can look back and think, what what did work really well? What felt good? Like, it doesn't have to be, mm. it doesn't have to be what made me the most money last year. For sure, it's nice to mm. know your numbers and your finances 100%. But like, I, I really, I've gotten to the point in my life where I think, well, I, I want to feel like enjoy yeah. this success now <laughs> like I've built yeah, this for a yeah. long time so that mm-hmm. to me means like something that I wouldn't have done five ten years ago when my kids were little and I just felt like I was pouring into them and not really taking care of myself is now a practice that I do is I will go for a walk in the morning for half an hour to an hour or sometimes even longer by myself Mm -hmm. or or with my partner. Um, And that to me, it kind of feels like sometimes I'll do that where everyone else is starting work or driving to work. And I think, well, I get to do this because I've Hmm. built my business like this, or I can end my day at four o'clock or I can take Fridays off. You know, I want to enjoy. Hmm. That's the reason why I became self-employed not to work on this like hamster wheel. So I do yeah. this reflect and plan. I look at what are the, how would I like to feel next year and how can I get there? And, and for mm. sure I take stock and look at, okay, I taught this class and it did really well, but I'm, te- I'm doing this other thing and it's, it's draining. Yeah. It's not making yeah. me any money. That's a part of niching down. Like, okay, when will that go off my list? You know, that class or that thing, but sometimes mm. things are fueling us too. Like maybe we're not making money from them, but we, we, they fuel us or anyone who has a podcast knows <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like if I looked at what the income from the podcast is, well, it might not be evident. Like the podcast isn't like raking in tons of money, but it's, it's making a big impact in the world and yeah, it's a great way to market, um, what I'm doing, like the things that I am offering. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. 
I mean, I totally understand the podcast side. I, a lot of work, no monetary gain. But for me, it is the podcast is something. Uh, I truly believe that uh, my dharma is to share wisdom of uh, yoga, Ayurveda, and meditation, and Sanskrit, uh, which is part of yoga. I had to mention meditation because a lot of people don't understand that it is a part of yoga. Mm-hmm. But it is basically yoga and Ayurveda podcast. And um, this podcast I started because I was severely ill uh, two years ago. Uh, I had uh, something called Ross River virus, which was which happens because of mosquito bite. In Australia, everywhere everything is there to kill you. The mosquito is one of that <laughs> as well. <laughs> And so I was completely bedridden. I'm just coming out of it actually now. And so wow. only thing I could do is I could talk. And I wanted to still continue sharing my understanding. But this is something my heart really, it, it's calling. Like I can't stop. And that's that's the... Uh, that's how I feel about like sharing this wisdom. Like I can talk hours and hours on, on yoga, Ayurveda. And so I started the podcast. Uh, I wasn't even thinking monetary income, and I don't think I gain anything out of that. But that's not the point. The point here was uh, that love and of sharing wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda. And I, when I started doing that, I connected with amazing people like you, you know, and amazing people uh, have actually contacted me through that oh you, we loved your you know this topic today or thank you for sharing this and, and for me these are just things i think they are normal for for me to have in my life in a sense like you know um having wisdom of yoga and ayurveda on daily basis is such an important thing for me and i think that that's the that's everyone i used to think that that's everyone has that but then i realized that no it's not true everyone has a different life and and they are so i understand the niching side of it like i understand why it is important because we will gain the wisdom also differently like we are on the path of yoga but the wisdom you will understand for example you really connected with pelvic floor um i may not even like i don't even think about it like you know what i mean so we all connect to it differently and so it's good to learn from like you know the people who really are passionate about it and so on that note can you talk about pelvic uh, floor yoga like what is it what uh, will you explain it for us a little bit for sure now just so you know i could talk Forever on that. Yeah. So that's why I know I'm really excited about it. But basically what started <laughs> to happen was in my own. So, I mean, I had three babies and nobody was talking about my pelvic health to me. I took anatomy mm. in college. Same thing. I didn't really learn about the pelvic floor, which is strange. Mm. And then uh, in any of my yoga teacher trainings, no one was talking about the pelvic floor. We'd touch on the core, maybe. We'd definitely mm. talk about Mula Bandha. Um, and then obviously the Western world, like messages about like engage your core or you need a strong pelvic floor. Those messages were seeping into yoga classes. 
Hmm. It wasn't until I started to get to know some pelvic health PTs, and we have some amazing ones here in Canada. I know you also do in Australia. Um, I mean, there are amazing pelvic health um, PTs and pelvic health Hmm. experts around the world, but definitely Australia and Canada. Some come to mind right away. (laughs) And once I started to learn from them, like for one example, I went to a training and it was all about the hypopressive technique. And I got in there and I'm like, this is Uriyanda Banda. Like, that's what mm. it is. Mm. And it's only because I took a pretty traditional yoga teacher training where I learned that because not every mm. not every yoga teacher training, sadly, has that. Yeah, I can put all the information in. And, and then just every time I would learn something new, like... Then I would think, wow, my my yoga students are asking me questions about that. I think that was the other thing. I, I never saw myself going to specialize and talk about pelvic health all the time in the pelvic floor. But it was, um, I was teaching a class and I talked a little bit about incontinence. I was teaching women who were, um, you know, mainly like 35, 40 plus in this class and talked about incontinence, had cards for a pelvic health PT sitting beside me and said, if anyone needs one, like this is our local pelvic health PT and just put a few Mm. points in that class. 45, like I would say 75% of the people in that class came up and took a card. Now, I don't know if they went to see the pelvic health PT, but then they had more questions. And I thought we we, I'm saying me as like someone who grew up in a patriarchal Western society, learned a lot of shame around the pelvis and the pelvic floor, Mm. which is strange when you think about like, if we just think about the body, Mm. you know, we don't have shame about our elbow or our knees usually. Um, But we really do about the pelvis and no one was talking about it. So Mm. that, that intrigues me a lot. And mm. then there are so many misconceptions like the pelvic floor muscles and and the entire pelvis is really complex. It's not just this. It's not just like do some Kegels and then everything will be fine. I started to learn how how connected it was with the nervous system and that if people were mm. having constipation or or if they were leaking urine or um, having painful sex, then a lot of the time it was this really, there were very complex issues going on with the pelvic floor. And not that I was diagnosing anything, because that's not my job as a yoga teacher. I was working with pelvic health PTs. Someone would go and see them, and then they would send them back to me and say, this person needs to learn how to relax and breathe, and we need to downregulate the mm-hmm. nervous system. And I was like, great, like that's, <laughs> I can't wait mm. until, and and we'd see amazing things happen. Like, um, mm. like, let's say someone was, had urinary incontinence. I saw many people who said as like, as soon as they started doing yoga on a regular basis and just being more aware of their body, going to see a pelvic health PT and, and learning how their body worked and then, and then down regulating that nervous system. Um, a lot of people would be like, the issue's gone and I've been dealing with it for years. So, wow. Wow. Amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally tell, I agree. I'm really like... excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, please do. <laughs> you know, I totally agree. I mean, we hardly talk about it. You know, even Mula Banda, like. Um, I think you learned it because the you were you were out of yoga teacher training 20 years ago you said or, or yes. many years ago so I think that time the yoga teacher trainings were more thorough more I think uh, uh, took uh, like it was more about uh, understanding the bandhas and everything but nowadays a lot of teacher training it's all asana 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 unfortunately that's or it is what they don't teach the mula bandha uh, or udiyana bandha or jalandhar bandha uh, the bandhas are really really important and uh, the pelvic floor as you say that nobody talks about it now uh, i come from the indian background like it's the taboo you yes. don't go there you know it's just something you don't talk about uh, uh, at least not in public you know and i'm glad that you're doing this because it's such a important work there's so many issues can be there if these muscles are either loose or tight you know energetically if it is loose then we are losing a lot of like our chi or prana energy and if it is too tight we are really holding a lot of like you know energy there as so it's not moving so i think the breath uh, the awareness can really change and and uh, you're doing amazing work i think that's really really i i can imagine it is going to change a lot of people's life because it just changes the whole energy of the system isn't it like so much energy uh, channels there that uh, if they are too contracted or too loose it is going to impact us you know energetically so uh, understanding of yoga and then working with uh, the science it's really wonderful way to do it really nice <laughs> It is. I get very excited about it. And then the other piece is that I would work with some people who either don't feel comfortable doing yoga in like sort of a traditional way or who have mobility issues or um I worked with some people who had brain injuries as well and mm. and that's where yoga is so much more. Like people come in thinking okay i'm going to stretch and breathe and that'll be the mm. yoga but i love when i can bring in the eight limbs you know if mm. someone is 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 kind of fighting against their body like let's say someone comes in with uh persistent pelvic pain so maybe they have like they'll call it hip pain and and it's something mm. to do with the pelvis then they might be sending themselves like really negative messages all the time so i love then that we can talk about ahimsa and like let's just check in with the messages that you're giving your body and could we today find like i'm thankful for my body because it gets to do this like there are small ways to work in the yoga philosophy once once you um it's slow it's slow especially yeah. if someone's brand new to yoga which that's mainly yeah. what i've worked with yeah yeah wonderful and um tell me a little bit more about the connected yoga teacher like how that came into play talk a little bit about like how that evolved and i'm very curious about that i feel like um uh well there were a couple of things that happened i mean i was i was part of a yoga community that was very much like coming into an imbalance of power i mm. would say like there was a real 
there was some, I, <laughs> I, I joke around sometimes it was like borderline cults, but there were things in there that like just didn't feel good. And then leaving hmm. that community and kind of feeling like if, if I, if I leave that community, I, I lose a lot of my community. That's, that's kind of where the cult piece works comes in. <laughs> and I don't always <laughs> tell people that that was yeah. sort of happening <laughs> at the same time. I know what it feels like to want to be in community with people who understand what you're, what you're going through. And, and I know what it feels like to just sign up for the next yoga teacher training all along the mm. way. And so I just wanted this resource where people could, like our Facebook group, people can pop in and ask questions anytime. And the mm. goal with that group is that it's supportive and helpful and that we build this like professional way of talking to each other because sometimes Facebook it isn't like that on Facebook in some Facebook groups, <laughs> but ours that like you, you need to go in there thinking, how can I be supportive and helpful? Uh, and mm. then with the podcast, just basically I started wanting to answer questions that yoga teachers had. And, mm. and there's an endless amount of questions that people have. And, and mm. uh, it's really I've learned a lot from doing it. You must you must feel the same way when you interview people and connect with people. Yeah. I've tripped yeah. over my own words and like said the wrong thing over the years like <laughs> learned like I've learned so yeah. much from doing the podcast like Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I remember stressing out about is the mic is right, is the lighting is right, is the Right. right. Am I using right platform? What's happening? I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to approach it the way I approach yoga. I'm going to make it my own. Zoom is okay, <laughs> you know. <Yes. laughs> it's it does. I don't have to have fancy mics or whatever it is, you know. And it's it's just works. I mean, I it, it still gives me satisfaction of sharing others and people are listening. That means something is working there. You know, it's just the message was important than the technical side of it. So I dropped the stress of technical side and it works out. You know, it works out. I truly believe that um, sometimes our mind creates these scenarios, you know, like I need to have this because I did a lot of research before start. I was lying in bed. I wasn't feeling well. So the mind was into assembles anyway. And then on top of that, uh, I was creating this scenario. Oh, I have to have this. I have to have that. And then I realized that, no, it's okay. You know? <laughs> yes. It is okay. I did the first 30 episodes of my podcast with the microphone backwards and I couldn't figure oh. out why I, I couldn't get the sound right. Not this microphone, but a different one. And the other I mean, one, yeah. yeah. I'd say if someone's thinking about starting a podcast, one, it's a lot of work. You better really love it. Yeah. And then yeah. two, like, don't be, and it goes for anything. Like if a yoga teacher is thinking about putting out a video or a blog post or a social media post, like just, just try it out and see what lands for people and then keep, keep doing it because you'll get better yeah. as you go. And not everybody's going to connect with your message. And that's just, that's just the way it goes. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. 
I, that's what I, a lot of yoga teachers uh, who I come contacting and, and my personal experience also is like kind of like we had to put on this hat of uh, marketing and put on like social media expert and email writing expert, uh, which is, um, it is not for everyone. And that's where I find a lot of yoga teachers are struggling and uh, uh, and also online teaching, like I know that a lot of yoga teachers didn't know how to use uh, online platforms like Zoom and all that before pandemic. And then pandemic happened and they needed it to. So it's a lot of learning. It is overwhelming. Uh, do you have any tips for um, people like yoga teachers to like how to wrap the head around all this, you know, and how to because a lot of yoga teachers are still self-employed and they're doing it trying to work on their own with all this you know so do you have anything uh like do you help them like how how does it work uh well we have lots of podcast episodes and art some articles as well on that like Mm. the online yoga piece because it it became such a big thing we have a lot of podcasts that we did and i'm more than happy to send you just a link that goes to all of our online stuff and then hmm. basically, if anyone wants to search and see, like, is there a, is there a podcast on this? Because we've done 300 and so many. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you can just go to the connected yoga teacher.com and, and search. So let's say someone's yeah. struggling with writing their emails. I like to interview people who are really good at what they do. Like Tarzan hmm. K came and talked to us about writing email. And I mean, she's. She's one of the top mm. email marketers in the world that I know of. Uh, mm. And there are little tips and tricks along the way. Like, you know, people who write emails will say one email, one job. Like if you're writing mm. to your yoga students, you know, write it in this conversational way and then and then um, have one one call to action sort of so that you're maybe you're telling them about your yoga class so what you shouldn't do Mm. if you're following Mm. this advice and if it feels like a good fit because I don't want to should on anyone but (laughs) is don't (laughs) like don't write about 10 things like don't write 10 articles in an email like here's a breath practice and here's a pose and here's the the my favorite smoothie drink like that's Mm. many emails so just simplify it um Hmm. And hmm. you know what, what you said about making it your own, I think that's key. Like take any, hmm. take anything, email, um, Instagram, a podcast and really think, well, what would I like or what, hmm. what would support the people around me? Because maybe, maybe it's, you know, maybe your email is very different than the ones that you usually get in your inbox, the email that you send. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there are, there are tons of tips out there and I think it can be overwhelming for yoga teachers. Yeah. So I'd say like, yeah. you know, maybe listen to a podcast with a guest expert who's doing the thing that mm. you're struggling with Yeah, and then try it out, implement it, try it out. And then make it your own because Mm. no one has this blueprint of like, here's how, here's the, here's the yoga success blueprint. I mean, people say that they do, but 
it's changing fast. It's changing. Think about, think about what it's like to go to a website and see one of those, like download this PDF or, or get this for yoga class. Like how five years ago, I would have just plunked my email anywhere on a website. But now I'm like, "Mm, do I really want to get like emails that eventually turn into selling me something? So our our practices as consumers has changed as well. Hmm. Hmm. Everything changes really fast, like uh, algorithm of social media, like, you know, one day this works and other day it's just change and it doesn't work and everything is like you know and people are also bombarded with emails you said it very correctly like you know people are reluctant to put their email ids anywhere because then there comes the flood of email you know right. just crazy do this buy this do this buy this and i truly believe that you know there is we can do it from yogic way you know yogic point of view yes. like you know how how will it feel if I receive that kind of like bombardment of email, because uh, I'll tell you my experience. One of my friend uh, hired a market guru and uh, basically their email started coming like almost every day. Wow. And I had to block my friend, <laughs> like dear friend from my email. And I, I told like, her, I can't do it. Said, I can't, I simply can't. This is too much, too much yoga wisdom for me. I just can't, can't deal with it. Like literally day and night we were receiving email, like, like, uh, and I just had to, had to say no, you know, because, and I don't have like, you know, notifications. I, I I switched off all the notifications from emails and social media and everything uh, for my peace of mind. But even then, it was too much. Like whenever I went on the social media, her face was there. Whenever I went on the <laughs> on the email, there was emails. It was too much, you know. And so, uh, and then the algorithm changed, and then nothing. So it's again very, very interesting. Like how can we still connect without feeling? Or whims. I really loved your message, like, you know, make it your own, mm-hmm. make it your own voice. It's really, really important uh, not to uh, overwhelm others because just put yourself in the shoes. And, and yes, so you have to do the marketing, you have to sell the product. But again, Ahinsa, I think, is a, is a yoga teacher that Ahinsa is very important, you know. Um, I will put your your podcast information and your website information. Is that how people will contact you, right? The website? Yeah. So the yes. connectedyogateacher.com, you'll find all of our podcasts. And then if people want to learn more about pelvic health, they can go to pelvichealthprofessionals.com. All right. I'll put both those websites uh, on my uh, show notes uh, so that people can uh, find you from there. And also, can they become Facebook member, uh, yeah, group member? Like, yeah. how can they? Okay. If they're, if okay, they're a wonderful. yoga teacher, we try and keep it so that it's just yoga teachers. We don't, there yeah. have been people tried to like jump in and then sell us something and we don't like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> yoga teachers can <laughs> go to the connectedyogateacher.com and there's a join button right there or search Facebook for the connected yoga teacher group. And I can, 
I can send you that direct link too. Okay, that will be great because I love that group. It's really very beautiful energy in the group. People are very um, sharing information, very but it's a caring way of doing it. It is a beautiful tone to it. So I love that. And uh, it's a beautiful way like everyone who pitches in is good information. It's not like, you know, uh, so some crazy things happen in other yoga teacher group. It's not like that. So it's it's good, and I I really enjoy that. So thank you for creating that kind of atmosphere. You know, it's 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 beautiful way to connect with each other, um, and like-minded people. Like you know, we are in the same boat in so many ways. So if something works for others, it's good to know that oh maybe I can try it. You know. Or if something doesn't work, what can I do? You know, so that's good, uh, good way to communicate with each other that way. It's really nice. Yeah, it's a great group of uh, yoga teachers from around the world. It's really fascinating. Yeah. I learned so much in there. Uh, and I it's so heart, heartwarming to see someone just jump in and like help someone with a question or help them when when they're just sharing like, wow, today was a tough day as a yoga teacher. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. 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 Thank you for being here, Shannon. I really enjoyed talking with you. It's really appreciated. And I I hope that we can do this again, because I know your expertise and your talents. I, I think we can maybe uh, regroup again and try and uh, talk about a little bit more about pelvic health. Uh, a little bit more about uh, other topics as well because you're very knowledgeable and so thank you for being here really appreciate that thank you so much i love your podcast so it's it's really an honor thank you thank you very much thank you for tuning in i really appreciate that that you're taking this time out of your day don't forget to subscribe Take care, bye for now.